If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. We're going to begin a series uh, for ever how long it takes. Um, we're going to look at the disciples one at a time. And tonight is just um, what the bulletin says, the commissioning of the twelve. Um, even today, when missionaries are sent out, uh, they are commissioned, uh, having their uh, approval on them to go uh, and serve. And so we see in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, Then he called his twelve disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staff nor bag, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatever house ye enter into, there abide, and from there depart. And whosoever and whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, heard of all that was done by him. And he was perplexed because it was said by some that John was risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others <clears throat> that one of the old prophets was risen again. And Herod said, John, have I beheaded? But who is this of whom I hear such things? And he desired to see it. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city of Pisidia. And the people, when they knew it, followed him. And he received them and spoke unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need. Graduation time had come for the disciples. They'd been through three years of seminary um, with the Lord Jesus and had seen many miracles done. And God had laid on them a responsibility to go out now and to carry on the work that they had been taught. As they received their diplomas, they received two awards. These awards were power and authority. He said, I give that to you. I give you power and I give you authority. Now, God's given us power through the Holy Spirit of God. He's given us authority to preach and to teach and to share His Holy Word. These are the two highest rewards that any disciple of Christ could ever receive. Power and authority. And these boys had received it from the Lord Jesus Christ. They would need nothing else. In fact, He told me, don't take anything with you. I'll take care of you, but you just be willing to go. Great excitement filled the air. Great excitement filled the hearts of these boys because they were looking back on their instructions and what God had done with them and, and well, now He would begin to do through them. But no sooner had they got the diploma and walked out, Herod got the word. 
And hey, what does he do? He begins to stir up things. I mean, can you imagine the rumors? Here in verse 7, they think John's come back from the dead. Or Elijah has appeared. And even some of the old prophets have arisen from the grave again. I mean, my goodness. They were doing, the devil would do anything to steer away from what God wants you and me to do. Now, when he, when he gives us a commission of, of what to do, the simple fact, we don't need a second opinion. We just need to get on with it and do what God's called us to do. And if people don't like it, I'm sorry. Carry on with the work of God. If we got a approval from the Lord, you go with it. You don't sit around and hash it over and wonder, well, is this the right thing to do? Because, listen, the devil has told us, you can't do that. You're getting out of line. You can't make that kind of statement and get away with it. Well, I've told you about the phone call I got, and a man said, we're going to stop you preachers from talking about this and talking about that. I said, well, you know where I live? Yes, I do. I said, well, come to the house anytime you want to. I never heard no more from him. Hey, that wasn't rude. That wasn't being ugly. Just plain simple. Hey, if you don't like it, talk to me about it. Commissioning of the twelve was a great event. First of all, what Christ, what he bestowed on them. We see that there in verse 1 and 2, and he called the twelve together and gave them two awards, power and authority. And you and I have that. Power. What is power? It's ability to do his work. Okay? Ability to do His work. Whatever that work is, whatever God commissions you and I to do, He will give us power to do it. The second thing there we see in that same uh, verse, uh, He gives us authority. What is authority? The right to do it. What gives you the authority? Remember, the the disciples and even Jesus was called on the carpet. What gives you the authority? My Father in heaven gives me the authority. And what does the disciples say? We're sent out by the, by, the, by the Lord to do His work. And so therefore, you know, we have the right to do it. Christ is the source. He was the source then. He is the source today. There's no other source worthy of piping and checking into other than the source of the Lord Jesus Christ. The ability to deliver sinners from the hands of the devil. You know, many people today are on the chain gang. The devil has his chain gang. Many people are on that. Sad to say that he has recaptured some Christians. He had them when they were lost. They accepted Christ. He can't have their soul, but he's recaptured their bodies. Bible says sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. You read in the papers, you see it on the news. It ends in death. Sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Well, not only did Christ bestow upon them power and authority, but secondly, uh, the instructions that uh, uh, He imparted to them. Verses 3 through 5, I'm not going to read all these again, but that's where He says, take nothing with you on your journey. Now, how many of us would pull out? <laughs> Say, I don't want you to take anything. Don't take nothing with you. Just go from house to house. Hey, I'm down here. The Lord has sent me on this mission. And I, I'm, hey, I don't know of a soul that, that would pull up without taking something with them. Um, I don't have to tell you about my old van. If any of us have been in it, been around it. Uh, nothing's organized in there. So this, this old boy's been helping me some from the Dominican Republic. He said, 
I'm going to straighten out your van. I said, okay. He was caught up with keeping me going. I said, go ahead. It wasn't long. He had stuff strung out everywhere. All said and done, he had things back in, in place where you could find it. But up there where the passenger rides was a whole wardrobe of clothes. <laughs> he says, you need to wash these. Well, there was a blanket in there. There was a, a set of coveralls in there. There were shirts and t-shirts and stocking caps and gloves. I mean, I try to go prepared. I mean, hey, if I leave and the sun is shining, wonderful. If it gets cold, I got coats to put on. If I get cold, I got a blanket to put on. I got waterproof overalls and that kind of stuff. But he said, you need to wash these things. So, you know, hey, Jesus said, don't take anything with you. Look at verse 3. They were to live very simple. No staff, no stick, no bag, no backpack, no bread, no food, no money. What's the one thing he said carry with them? One coat. One coat. Well, I want you to be comfortable physically. You just worry about the food when you get to where you're going. Now, God's always said He'll provide. He said he, that, uh, excuse me, His children will not be found begging bread. Okay? Now, I've thought about it many times. People who come to this place during the week wanting help. We want you to pay our power bill. We want you to pay our gas bill. We want you to pay our insurance. We need so much deposit in order to move in. Uh, we don't have groceries. You know, I, I don't mind helping folk, but I want to know where you go to church. Well, we haven't found one since we've been in the area. How long have you been in the area? Oh, we've been here about two years. How long does it take to find somewhere? Well, I believe this, that if any one of our members becomes lacking in any area, I believe this family would help, without question. But you see these people out there, they, they've been for every church in our county and some other counties, and, and they just bleed, they just bleed these organizations and things. Well, you know, I also want to find out, hey, you know the Lord? Well, no. Well, yeah. I said, let me tell you about us. If you were a member of this church, there'd be no question. We'd go get you some food right now. We'd help you pay a bill right now. We'd give you some clothes and shoes right now. And I've tried to tell our, you know, our caregiving crowd, we need to be careful with the resources that God has given us. If we give it all away, and one of our members' house burns, they lose everything, and we've all given it all away to flim flams, what are we going to do? We're going to look bad. But Jesus told them, well, I, I don't want you to take hardly anything with you. I want you to live very simple. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but is there anybody in here that you think you live simple? <laughs> we don't live simple. I mean, my goodness. I think sometimes, do I have everything written down so if I kick out, somebody's going to know where to take off. I doubt it. I mean, they're going to look at that mess and they're just going to throw their hands up. Where was he? Don't know what he said. Live simple. Second thing under his instructions as they began to part ways, um, they were to be prepared for failures. Look at verse 5. Let's look at verse 5. And whoso will not receive you... 
When you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet. Why? For a testimony against them. Remember, Jesus said, I was hungry. You didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty. You didn't give me anything to drink. I was sick, and you didn't come and minister to me. I was in prison, and you didn't come visit me. And they said, Lord, when have we seen all this in you? He said, when you have done it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it to me. So, where does that leave us? You know, they, they run up on failures for a testimony against them. Warning, a protest, he says, a witness and a demonstration. I could only think of one house since 1982 that I've had the door shut in my face. One house. I knocked on the door. They came to the door. I said, I'm Kenny Owen. I'm from Earl's Grove Baptist Church. Okay. Clean my feet off good. I've never been back to that house since. Don't plan to go. The only other one close to that, I knocked on the door. I'm Kenny Owen. I'm from the uh, Earl's Grove Baptist Church, and I'm just out visiting. Well, if you come here to save us, we ain't interested. I said, no, I didn't come to save you. Well, come on in. I had a good visit, but I didn't come to save them. I come to just encourage them. Hey, I'm the pastor here at this church, and if you're not in church, we'd love to have you come. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see about it, but I thought you'd come to save us. <laughs> no, ma'am, I don't have that kind of power, don't have that kind of authority, but I know somebody who does. So, he prepared them for failure. Listen, let me tell you something. I encourage you to go. I encourage you to witness. And just because somebody turns you down, don't you think that you are a failure? You are not. A successful visit, a successful visit is you going. Whether they accept you, accept the Lord, or anything else. They were prepared for failure. Men are inexcusable when they fail and reject and despise God's message. How does the message travel? The message travels with us. We have it. We have the message. We have God's Word. If we don't have it physically in our hand, we ought to have it in our heart. We ought to have enough Scripture planted in our hearts that we could lead a lost person to Jesus. Because if we, if we get parked somewhere or another, and somebody said, Look, I, I need to be saved. Can you tell me how? You just hold on. I've got to go to the car to get my Bible. While you're gone, they leave. Where'd they go? We don't know where they went. Well, why didn't you just do it while you had them? Now, you boys that fish, I mean, you get one on the line. I'm going to fish. Can you hold up a minute? I'm going to put my pole right here while I see what's, what's happening on this. Hey, that fish is going to be gone. He's going to get on, get real hung, jerk the rod all in there, or either he's going to get off. Now, we're talking about fishing for souls. And that was the main goal when Jesus commissioned these boys that was the main goal, to go out and tell the lost about, my, about, about me. Outside of rejecting Jesus as a Savior, no crime is more offensive to God, listen, than contempt of His Word. Contempt of His Word. There, there's not, not a greater uh, sin to, to commit 
Well, thirdly, we talk about the commission of the twelve here. The reality comes true. Look at verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. They departed with blessings from Jesus. Can you imagine going to that school? And, and leave them there and having Jesus pat you on the back and say, Son, I'm, I'm, I'm always with you. I'm always praying for you. They went through the towns with power and authority, preaching and healing. And then, beginning in verse 7 through 9, came confusion. And Herod said, notice what he says. Now Herod, excuse me, verse 7. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was, was done by him, and his nerves was tore up. He was not happy because that it was said by some that John was risen from the dead. What happened to John? Got his head cut off. Hey, hey don't you know if John had a walked in there without a head, just walked in there before him, he'd have had a spell. I mean, that would have served him right, wouldn't it? Hey, this is me. <laughs> My head's back under somewhere, but this is the body. Well, you know, confusion came. Um, on down there in verse 10 and 11, and the apostles, when they were returned, told him, told Jesus all that had been done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city of Pisidia. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them and spoke unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. You see, we might think we got it we got it all down. We know everything what to say. But there's always one out there who is going to throw you and me a curve. Who's going to see just how confused they can get us. That's why it's so important. Stick with the basics. A admit you're a sinner. B believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. C confess your sins. And then be ready to go. In the name of Jesus. You see, it's important. Uh, conclusion, uh, confusion is going to come, but listen, conclusion, there in verse 10 and 11, is to, uh, he called them aside privately. You know why? Their nerves was, was really almost torn up. So he called them aside to give them some rest. He called them aside to just to share with them, hey, boys, this is going to happen. It's going to happen over and over. And I'm not going to be with you physically. You've got to hang in there. You've got to continue to share the message. Because I've already given you power over the devil. I've already given you authority to preach and teach the Word. So don't pay anybody attention. If they won't hear you, you just shake the dirt off your feet and you go to the next one. Because somewhere out there, there is a lost person who will hear the Word, who will accept the Word, and be saved, and God will chalk you up as giving you credit. They're out there somewhere. You just have to hunt them. Like fishing again. Hey, you pull down there and get your boat backed out in there and just whistle. man told me the other day, just whistle, they'll come, the fish. Just whistle, they'll come. They see the boat. They see the bait, so they just jump in the boat. You don't even have to... Th- that don't happen. You ever happen to you, Ken? You ever had a fish jump in there? No. But I've had them to try to jump out. 
<laughs> After you get them in there, you will have them try to jump out, but never have had them to jump in. You've got to cast your bait upon the waters. You've got to cast it out there. And hey, if it don't, this don't work, then try something else. Keep on trying. I told you this before, but you may not remember it, or some may have never heard it. It takes no less than how many visits to win one lost person to Jesus? Twenty-five. Twenty, that's an average now. I have went the first time and bam, y'all, caught forever. And then I have that to simply thought I wore myself plumb out. And God said, but you ain't tried this. Just go do it. Can't wait to go do it. Just like a brand new lure. Can't wait to get it in the water to see what it's going to do. And it captured it. Praise God, it did that. Now, what do we need to do with this power, this, this power and authority? What do we need this for? Hey, to fight and combat the fiery darts that the devil's going to throw at us. You Listen, you and I have the right to tell him where to go. I mean, he's going anyhow. <laughs> you know, Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Man, you're messing up the schedule here. To overcome trials, hey, we're going to have them. To overcome temptations, to overcome tribulation, it's a test. Trials are a test. Temptation is a lure, and it'll drag you and I aside and get us off track. Tribulation, suffering. It's going to come. Sometimes people are suffering in the midst of a trial. Can you imagine in the midst of a trial, a test, and all of a sudden, hey, it's suffering comes. You say, how how much more can I stand? How much more can I take? You keep on going. Do like Jesus and the disciples. He called them aside to give them some rest. You know, hey, we're not machinery. And machinery wears out. We're not machinery. We're, we're, we're human beings, and we must call, come aside and, and get, take some rest. If we've been saved, we've been commissioned already. Somebody said, well, what authority do you have? Well, I have been saved by the blood of Jesus. I've been commissioned by Him to go and tell, and nobody's not going to stop it. I have one last little thing I want to share with you here. And this is about the twelve... Disciples, okay? So if you listen carefully, because we're going to cover, the Lord willing, on Sunday night, we're going to look at each one of these boys individually. Who can be used of the Lord? Listen to this. Peter. What about him? The Lord can use strong, bold leaders who take charge, as Peter did, regardless of their blunders, regardless uh, of, of the plan, uh, regardless of what they are confronted with. Uh, old Andrew, he comes along. The Lord can use humble, gentle, inconspicuous souls like Andrew who seek no prominence but quietly bring people to Jesus. What about James, the son of Zebedee? He uses zealous, passionate, uncompromising, task-oriented, incentive, ambitious men like James. Old John. He uses sensitive, tender, loving, people-oriented, believing, truth-seekers like John. Philip, he uses skeptical, analytical, mechanical, slow-witted, weak, fainted, visionless, pessimistic, insecure men like Philip. God can use them. Bartholomew, he also uses truth-seeking, honest, open, clear-minded, meditating, deeply surrendered men like Nathaniel Bartholomew. 
who are full of faith and understanding, even though flawed by such a serious sin as being prejudiced. What about Thomas? The Lord uses faithful, courageous, inquisitive, doubting, pessimistic men like Thomas, who later greatly affirmed the deity and the lordship of Jesus. What about Matthew? The Lord can use a tax collector who was the most hated human of all the disciples, being in the Jewish society, by responding to Jesus' simple command, follow me. That's all he said to Matthew, follow me. Matthew was changed instantly because of the Holy Spirit of God through Jesus right there on the scene. I mean, can you imagine uh, the, the situation it must have been? In Matthew's gospel, we see his genuine humility, a sense of sinful unworthiness and homage to the new king. What about James, the son of Alphaeus? God can use a man like James the less who was no doubt smaller in size and short on influence. Thaddeus. The Lord can use a man who is inquisitive, even if that man is confused. Along with the other eleven apostles, Jesus sent Thaddeus forth with the message, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Simon the Zealot. He can use a right-wing political activist who, no doubt, stood up for what he believed and didn't care who, who liked it or didn't like it. What about Judas Iscariot? Even Judas Iscariot was in God's eternal plan. Listen, betraying Christ, he fulfilled Scripture. Judas had the same opportunity to follow Christ as the other apostles. But he chose not to follow the Lord. The Lord's call was simple. It's simple today. Follow me. The apostles' response was very simple. The Bible says they immediately dropped what they were doing and followed Christ. Could we not be like one of the apostles? It's very possible, it's very evident that within our congregation there are Examples of the twelve men in our congregation. We want to look at these men one at a time on Sunday nights. Uh, you pray for the research. You pray for the, the guidance and uh, that we might gain insight and influence of these men that were commissioned by the Lord Himself to go with power and authority. Father, thank You for the day. Thank you for these who've come back tonight. Bless their homes. Lord, as it's raining, the roads are wet. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, protect our people tonight. Give them safety to wherever they're going. Give them a good night's rest. For those who have to report to a public job tomorrow, give them safety. Give them strength to labor. For those that are looking for work, God, I pray that you provide them a, a job. For those that are just out there seeking, Lord, I pray that you'd help them to find what you're letting them seek for. Lord, we'll praise and thank you for all that you do for us. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brother